Good evening. Welcome to another episode of The Parrot Nest. It is February 28th, 2022. Uh, we are barely making it <laughs> to an episode in February, and we thought we'd start off the new year great and have an episode on like the second day of the new year, and now it's the last day of February, so it's almost been two months, but we still hey, we made technically it. made the month. Yeah. Um... So we have a few good things to talk about, obviously general updates and crap like that. But it's been um, two months in January and February for us is kind of a busy time. Busy time. Also, we're gonna talk about um a few different things. We're gonna talk about what like now that we have Asher is older than two and Callum is now one. Um we obviously no longer well, since Asher's birthday have had no longer had a like two kids under two, you know how they say two under two. We haven't had that, but I I found a cool article that is about like the best and worst things about having two under two. So before we get too far out of that stage, far away from it, I thought we'd review. Um, the, to see if they were lying or not. Yeah, to see if two under two pros and cons are right and how we feel about the different things. And then... Um, there is an article, another article I found that I want to talk about, and that has to do with um, new dad's mental health. Mm-hmm. And I remember, um, I may or may not have talked about it on the podcast, but um, when we first, you first got pregnant, you we talked about um, how like I was trying to find books and apps, Asher, and. I was trying to find books and apps and things like that. And I would sit, I would, I would look at that app a lot. The one that um, was like meant for women, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what's it called? What to expect. What to expect when you're expecting. Right. So I found it, I found a really cool app. It's pretty new. So the community is really small right now, but it's called, um, uh, what is it called? Datitude. Um, unfortunately it has a membership thing, but to like, to, to read some of the articles and resources they put out the majority of them. So I'm not joining until it becomes cooler, but they do have like a little forum where dads talk and there's like a question of the week. And then you can post your own questions similar to, um, what to expect with all the women who are pregnant. But, um, this one's very like, obviously specific to dads or, you know, going to be dads or whatever. So, um, I thought I would talk a little bit about that now since I um, have that. But, yeah, the, the app's really cool. I, it's just the community's pretty small. So I'm hoping that the community continues to grow and stuff because I really do like that kind of stuff, like getting in there and talking. And then so I've, like, I've like replied to a few different people's comments as an expert. <laughs> <laughs> Probably on some things you are. Well... We're all experts in our own areas, you know, but, um, we all think we're experts. Right. So I just, I mean, people like ask questions and stuff like that. So so this guy asked a question that said like, um, oh, how do I get my baby to like sleep longer? Right. Like we're really tired. I'm really tired. What would you say to that? And he's like, it was like a, like a few weeks old or like, Uh, no, maybe two uh, months. It was two months old. Um, how do I get my baby to sleep longer? He's two months old. Well, I would be curious how long they're sleeping because if they're sleeping like four hours at a time, I'd be like, sorry, bud. <laughs> I think that's kind of what I can't remember if that's exactly what he said, but he's like, he sleeps a few hours at a time. 
I mean, two hours is too short. Four hours is four and between four and six hours. You get. Let's say he wants them to sleep all night. I think it was like that. No, guy, no guy. Okay, you're obviously gonna first. That's embarrassing. (laughs) You don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, read a book or something. (laughs) That's kind of what I said, but without saying that, I was like. I don't think that's realistic expectations. Uh, there's their body is they need more food than that, and so that's yeah. just not realistic for one. For two, it, newborns have a lot smaller diapers. They're only drinking liquid, so they go through their diapers a lot more quickly. When we have newborns, I'll be honest, we have newborns and we change their diaper for the first few months. After that, we don't. But when they're newborns, you have to. Um, their skin's really sensitive at that stage for one and for two. Their diapers are really small and they don't hold that much liquid. And also, mostly their stomachs are just not big enough um, to eat an amount that will get them through a full night sleep. Some people's babies do sleep through the night. I think that percentage is really small, though. Yeah. So I said that in a very short version. I essentially said something similar like, like, that isn't going to happen, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, honestly, you're going to get there, but your baby, like, if your baby's sleeping, not sleeping through the night at two months old, that's common. Your baby, like, won't do that. It's going to continue to do that for a few more months. But in a few months, as you go longer, your baby's going to sleep more, it'll sleep longer, and you'll eventually get there. But, like, that's an unrealistic expectation to have. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I kind of answered it, saying. Yeah. And I, and but then you hear things like, oh, how to make your baby sleep through the night. And it's like not, it's something that this one person whose baby just happens to sleep through the night and they think they're a guru. It's like, you can't make your baby sleep through the night. You got lucky. Yeah. Some yeah. babies sleep through the night. Some people, some babies don't. Same parents, same DNA. Like kids are just different. Right. So it's stuff like that. People will post questions and, and honestly, people post like stuff you know just similar to like um uh what to expect you know where they'd be like some weird question about like my wife and i are arguing a lot or something you know like Mm -hmm. or and one's like what's the most annoying thing your partner does or something like that you know that and how do you like cope with it and stuff like that (laughs) so like you just want to hear your yeah. Your dirty laundry so they don't say what's so bad about it. It's like room. just like that app, what to expect, except there's a lot smaller of a community, so there's not very it's very slow activity on it. Mm-hmm. Which is a bummer, but I'm hoping that it grows because I really do like that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's great to feel supported in. So it's called Daditude. Um and And it's uh, an app or is it a website? It's an app. Um and on Datitude, they have a lot of, like, resources and stuff. And, like I was just mentioning, um, the first resource I ran into was New Dad's Mental Health. Mm. And I read it because I was, like, curious um, about, like, what it was going to talk about. And I, and I feel like me, like, I feel like I've gone through, not like, like, I've gone through a lot of changes ever since becoming a dad mentally. Right. You know, I feel like I've had way increased anxiety. Um, I've become super sensitive. I do feel like I have like increased irritability. Obviously, like I think you and I get a little more like um, snappy at all, at each other, you know. Or, snippy. 
yeah, snippy maybe, whatever the word you choose is. But, like, we, we get a little more – and maybe that's has to do with irritability, but sometimes not. Sometimes it's just that's the way we are. Like It probably has to do with all of it. And, and exhaustion. Like, I think we're more tired than normal. Um, things like that. So I was like, well, yeah, I have kind of um, started to experience some of this kind of stuff. So let me read this article. And the article talks about um, – what's it called? It, it talks about postnatal depression, which is something that usually, um, like most, mostly common in women. But this article actually talked about, it and it says, um, so it says, so it is unsurprising that research shows that around one in eight new fathers experience postnatal depression. Although this is probably more as just like many new mothers, Many new fathers hide their symptoms out of fear of looking like a bad father or being laughed at. I mean, that'd be kind of a jerk move to laugh at that, but. No. Laugh? I mean, uh, okay. So anyway, um, anyways, yeah, one in eight dads will experience postnatal depression. And I don't necessarily think I'm I. I'm really curious where they got that number. Okay. Already victim blaming, denying. No, I'm serious. Because men aren't like. Women, you go to after you have a baby, you go to the doctor and they have this little form that you like check boxes for months. Well, for every postpartum uh, appointment that you have, the woman who wrote this article is named Dr. Amy Brown, and so she did a study. And so, this is her like talking about her study. Hmm. I don't know. So, she and her research found that one in eight men. So, I'm guessing these are like conversations she's had throughout specific few health mm-hmm. systems. I don't really know. I'd have to read more. But if you want to read, do your own research on her, Dr. Amy Brown is the one who wrote it. Um, but anyways, it talks about multiple things, you know, being affecting it. Um, but uh, talks about birth trauma also really impacting men, mm-hmm. you know, because they typically um, struggle with memories of the birth. And, um, like, it's just really hard. And I can, like, vouch for that. It's really hard to sit there watching your, like, loved one going through something super painful and being able to do nothing about it. You know, you've like, and we didn't have like a traumatic birth. Right. And that's what it talks about too. Cause then it talks about if you have a traumatic birth, then you have increased, then you have all these fear of either either losing your son or daughter or losing your um, spouse, your wife or whatever. But um, yeah, it'll it talks about like that's so you also have that, and then you have these memories about that, which kind of brings on trauma. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I wanted to talk about this because this has a list of things that um, what what postnatal depression looks like in men because it looks different in men than it does in women. So, um, so it says like you're probably you're you're probably obviously aware of someone who might look as if they're depressed, right? Like they're um having trouble getting out of bed, maybe he's like miserable, looking very tired. Um, it sounds like us in the morning. Uh, it's in the morning. It, it's normal. It's, okay. So it says anxiety, for example, is a really common part of depression. Yes, it is possible to feel both exhausted and wired at the same time. Um, so I don't know. That's interesting. But um, so this is an interesting part that I wanted to read. Researchers with fathers who experience mental health difficulties after they had a baby shows that often their emotions lean more towards irritability and anger than depression and anxiety. So um, in postnatal depression, this is a list, and I'll read this list real quick of like what it looks like for men who have 
um, postnatal depression. So if there's any men who are about to have kids or have new kids, and you may have experienced this, then you either, these are things to look out for in postnatal depression in men or um, things that you may have experienced. Um, so it talks about men are more likely to experience emotions such as irritability and anger is the number one. Exhaustion and sleeplessness. Poor concentration and feeling mentally drained. Um, recklessness and risk-taking. Yeah, I thought that was kind of odd, too. Mm. Leah did a scrunch of her eyebrows. Um, curious. Mm. Eating too much or too little. Yeah. Um, feeling overwhelmed by responsibility or guilt. Physical symptoms such as headaches, mm -hmm. withdrawing from others, mm -hmm. finding it difficult to make decisions, feeling alienated from your partner or baby, and over-busying yourself in work or hobbies. So I don't necessarily think I like had postnatal depression or anything like that. I do, however, think that I experience probably an increased like... And I think probably depression and postnatal depression, just like anything, is probably like some sort of spectrum, right? Like, it's not going to be like either you're fine or you're all in. Well, let me interject here. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, having a child is a huge life change, for one. For two, it changes your relationship with your spouse. Mm-hmm. It changes your uh, mental capabilities because of you're not sleeping very well. And so these are a lot of reasons why women fall into postpartum depression. So men are not excluded from it. Like if you're, mm -hmm. if you're involved with your child and you're not just out or working all the time, then... Um, even then, honestly, because if you come home and, and things have changed. Your wife's tired and, and there's not dinner on the table because you can get it yourself and she's tired <laughs> and all of these things. So it's not – so there's so many things that go into it. It's no wonder that, that men feel have, – have depressive symptoms afterwards. It's a huge life change. Your friends may or may not want to come over. You may not want your friends to come over because – you have the kid and the kid has a nap time and it's hard already and and you and your spouse are irritable because you're both tired and you disagree on how to change diapers or whatever it is and and so there's a lot of things that go into it so what did you think when i was reading through that list does that sound like stuff you've experienced too yeah i don't love the word depression yeah i feel like we use depression like, depression is a medical diagnosis. Like autism? Yeah. Like, there's, like, but I do, I oh, know no. that, oh. I know that there's a huge spectrum, spectrum with depression, but there are people that are depressed, and there are people that feel depressed. Like, there's not... I don't love the blanket term of depression. I wish, I wish we can... Well, I wish there was a few other words for it in the English language that's what i was trying to get at the when combination I was saying... of all of these symptoms you can still have a combination of symptoms while also not being depressed well that's why i was trying to say that there is a spectrum yeah of it. 
like it's not like you go from all in to all out. These are just signs. Like so, I for myself like feel like I did experience some of those. And honestly, I can I can say because I think some of those are new. Like those are things I didn't used to experience, especially like um, like before becoming a parent and now since becoming a parent, I think like I become. I have more of this stuff. And I, I think it is due to like increased worry and stress over the kids and things like yeah. that. Like I definitely have experienced, you know, just looking through the list. Like, I mean, I've, I've definitely experienced um, irritability and anger. I honestly think I struggle more with that even sometimes. Like just like I was meaning, like I get more, I think I get more irritable. Um, and then we're more quick to anger with each other. And then exhaustion and sleeplessness. I think you would definitely have more of that, but I, I feel that as well. Um, and then there's just like a few of them that I, I think I have. I mean, but not, and then just anxiety in general. Like I was talking about, I have more anxiety, especially right. lately. So, um, but yeah, so I think I've, I, I bring it up just to like talk more about just the like your mental state changes so much when you become mm-hmm. a parent. And I feel like it goes through so many like, waves i'm hoping that the wave goes back to like normalize a little bit you know and we've talked about this before how you how whatever was there is heightened like if you we talk about uh if you're if you think about if you think if you're thinking about having kids like like assess your relationship because whatever is there just gets heightened like your love for each other gets heightened the like the beauty that you see in each other gets heightened but also your shortness and your your temper and your irritability whatever you want to call it also gets heightened Mm -hmm. and i think it's mostly from a lack of sleep you just don't have the amount of energy to work on self-control not that that's an excuse but that's that's a real thing. You only have a certain amount of self-control in a day, but you use a lot of it with these other humans that you brought into the world. So you don't have as much to use with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that it's definitely um, something that relationships would benefit from to talk more about the mental health of the the father and not just the mother and that I think that you can't always just depend on each other for it I think that men need to be able to lean on men for this and and talk about the issues and you just can't talk about you just can't bash on your kids or your wife or anything like you have to have a real conversation about how you're doing Mm -hmm. not just talk about how your wife made you mad because of x y and z or whatever or how your kid's a little jerk because of x y and z like you need to really talk about how you're doing and how you're coping with with the change in life because it is a huge change in life so this article talks about um then later how men it's they're also a lot less likely to be able to recognize they are experiencing mental health issues related to this stuff so it says that research has shown that when men have a partner experiencing postnatal depression they can they can identify and label the symptoms and hurt. However, when they are experiencing the exact same symptoms, they find it really difficult to label themselves. Hmm. Hmm. I get that. 
Right. I think it's also easy to see other people's problems before you can kind of identify them in your own just generally. Right. Because you just think you're you're tired or... Also, it talks about because the men feel like you almost don't want to admit it because you're, you have an issue like being like, of course, I don't want to act like I am having an issue or right. you don't want to bring it up because she's the one that went through everything. She's the one that went through the painful birth and the painful labor and the nine months of pregnancy and is up with the kid breastfeeding and like doing all these things, which is very much true. But that's another, it talks about, that's another reason men might suppress some of the feelings and not really bring them to life because they're like, mm, not as big yeah. a deal. It's like, she's the one really that I need to focus on. Not yeah. like myself or the things that I'm experiencing. Yeah. And we, uh, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a nurse, but I'm really curious. We see, cause there's an algorithm and Instagram targets us for these things, but you see, uh, videos of dads and it's like the, me holding my son for the first time while his mom is in the middle of surgery and we don't know if she's going to make it or something like that. And so you can see the trauma, like the, the complete, I don't know, shock. He's literally in shock on his face, but I'm curious if hospitals or nurses are trained to anything to do anything to check on the fathers. Like just out of curiosity, if you're a nurse or know a nurse, Let's know. <laughs> I really am curious because I've been thinking, I've, I've thought about that. Like, I wonder if there's anything that people do or any uh, services set up for fathers, like for cancer and things like that. It's, they say that it's harder and, and uh, the effects are longer lasting on the spouse. I've heard that. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but I've heard that once. And I would believe it. Like the right. mental effects that it has on your spouse versus the person actually going through it because the spouse has to, they feel like they have to put up a front and they're not taking care of themselves. They're taking care of this other human. Right. So, and the same with fathers. So then the article kind of goes on in this, in this resource and talks about risk factors and things like that. And then also like, if you need help, here's where to get help, things like that. But then at the end, it also provides a lot of like related links about other things similar to it. So anyways, um, that was Supporting New Father's Mental Health by Dr. Amy Brown. She is the Professor of Maternity and Child Public Health at Swansea University. She's also an author. That's what this, <laughs> <laughs> that's what this says. Um, but anyways, this app, Daditude, has a bunch of stuff like that. Um, and a bunch of, yeah, like just daily reminders, cool little things. So if you are a mother who knows a dad tell them to download the daditude app or if you know a dad that's spouse has gone through some stuff during the labor process maybe check on him yeah maybe check in on him and see because we always ask the woman like tell us about your Cole and i always did it together like but because we were there together but people always ask well what's your what happened during labor what happened and I right. love telling that story. I love hearing people's story, but you never ask about the dad. So right. maybe check in on your men. Check in on your man. The men in your life. All right. Well, since we are um, talking about articles and things like that, 
And thank you for our sponsors, Dattitude. Yeah, thank you for... <laughs> thank you Just this week's sponsor, Dattitude. But, Dattitude, yes. if you're listening, <laughs> if you're one of our 11 listeners, please. <laughs> um, so I, did ha- I do have a card on on Datitude, it's like my own profile, you know, and people can look and like connect with other oh, dads. Oh, cute picture. Yeah. Um, it's a picture so, of him and Asher. Yeah, it's like one of the really good ones we got at um, in October. And so anyways, you have, I have like a card and it talks about um, um, hearts received. I've received eight hearts. I don't know what that is. I'm going to have to do some oh, looking. Anyway, um, but so I also um, put, posted the link to the Spotify of our podcast oh, cool. on there. Cause you can post like your website and things like that. So, um, yeah, I, think so if you cool. found us on Datitude, if you found us on Datitude, thank you. Let us know. Very cool. Fun. We're going to have like, so this is the first podcast we've, we've done since I joined Datitude. So we're going to have like 300 listens this time. Probably. <laughs> yeah. 100%. <laughs> Yeah, because I post the link at in the end of all my comments. Mm. They're like, I'm really struggling with postnatal depression or whatever, and I'm like, I have a I have a podcast, <laughs> yeah. And it just tells them to go back to attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, Follow me for my tips and tricks. For more tips and tricks, for um, quick parenting hacks. So, while we're on the topic of articles and stuff, I also thought um, we would kind of move into another article. Two under two. So, like I mentioned, looking back on it, yeah, like I mentioned, I wanted to talk about having two under two, um, and just kind of read these like, pros and cons list. So, this article is called it's from Parents.com, if you guys are familiar, and the article is called Two Under Two: Smart Advice from Moms Who've Been There. Guess when this article was written. don't know take one guess last month very wrong the it was written august 31st of 2010 so this is like ancient history so like (laughs) this is like i mean take it with a grain of salt this is a a different generation we're talking about here (laughs) a different generation of parents Um, anyways, okay, so from 2010, that's 12 years, no, almost, it'll be 12 years in August. So, um, it talks about, so some of the harder points, and I thought we would kind of discuss through some of the points. The number one talks about, the, one of the issues it brings up about, like, what are the hardest things about having two under two? Um, and the first issue it brings up is handling two sets of needs at once. Mm. Thoughts? Yes. Definitely don't. <laughs> that is accurate. Move on. <laughs> no, this isn't a checklist thing. We're conversating. Um. Yes, it's hard. Of course, it's hard. Yeah, I think that one's like the easiest, most obvious one. And like when you're thinking, like, what's it gonna, what's gonna be the hardest part about having another baby? Like they're both crying, and what do you do? Like they both need food at the same time, or diaper changes at the same time, or you're trying to change both of their diapers, so you're putting one down. And he's still screaming at you while you're trying to change the other one's diaper. Who's also screaming at you because they're changing your diaper. Right, which still happens. Happened today. And they're not even two under two anymore. Um, 
but but yeah, I think just dealing with the needs of two babies at one time is obviously you know if you are a household with two parents involved that and they're present at the same time, both parents, then it can make it a lot easier because you're obviously you know one one can try to handle the other, um, right? Or one yeah like but but if you're a single mom or a stay at home mom or whatever stay at home dad then that would be hard. That would be the hardest part. And it is the hardest part. Like when Leah goes somewhere and I have both of them and they both are acting needy and things like that. That's kind of the the harder part. Yeah. That's when it's easiest that for you to uh, pre, what's it called? Pre something. Think about their needs before it's happening. Like if you <laughs> wait till both of them are hungry, you're really in trouble. You need to have food ready before they're both hungry. Yeah. And if you can have them both on a little bit different schedule, like you always give one person the bottle and then a few minutes later you give the other one the bottle while the other one plays or something like that. Yeah. Um, so let's see. The Where is it? Um, oh, the next one is dealing with guilt. Do you know what that might mean? The guilt of having another baby and not being able to spend all your time with one baby. So, yeah, I think it's it talks about a little bit. It's like the fact that you're spending time not only with like your, oh, I'm this baby's at home while I'm doing this with the other one. But it also is a little bit more than that. So I also think that the article or at least for me when it's talking about guilt um, where I experience the guilt is um, because I'll think on like, oh, I I didn't do this for for Callum, you know, mm-hmm. and because it's like when Asher was little, we we literally could focus and do everything on him. It was just mm-hmm. the two of us. We did all the new parent things. I mean, we read him, sat up there and read him books and and forced him to like to to sit there and read and you know we had purely our attention and did all these things focused on him and now that we have asher like asher is two and he takes a lot of he actually takes attention you know where like callum um i guess callum didn't or asher didn't have that he didn't have another child pulling attention away you know right he, he had our attention whether he wanted it or not where callum it's like if he's being quiet I felt I sat, I felt kind of sad the other day because I took them to the park and, you know, while you were doing something and I was there and Callum was like, Callum's super content and chill. And he sat in the wagon. Like we pulled him right up to the edge of the park and he had some blankets in there and he's just like super relaxed and chill, but he's just sitting there in the, in the thing, just watching like the birds or watching him, you know, Asher and run around. And I'm like catching Asher as he like what runs down, does the big slide. And then I keep looking back at Callum. I'm like, I feel bad. Like if this was Asher, I'd have been doing everything focused on him, like letting him balance up the play place, you know, and try to hold his hands while he goes up the stairs. And that makes me it truly it does like I deal with that guilt, you know. Yeah. Being like I feel sad because I mean I can't I literally at this point you can't not watch Asher. He's on like he tries to play with the stuff that's too big or he goes down the big slides or he wants to climb up the thing he's going to fall off of, or honestly he does fall off the thing. So he takes a lot of like pressure. So, you know, it's. But Callum also takes a lot of attention because if you put him down on the ground, then he'd be eating the wood chips. Right. 
And so I think that's a little bit about that. Just so for me, it's I feel guilty for, um, you know, giving more attention to one of them or the things that I haven't done with Callum that I got to do with Asher. I feel guilty on both yeah. sides. What about you? Um, I feel guilty on both sides. Like literally tonight we put Callum to bed about 20 minutes early because he was tired. And then Asher got to go to bed a little bit late and we were just going through our bedtime routine with Asher, just him. And he's just so happy. And I was like, oh, sad that we don't give you to give you this much attention all the time. But. I think it goes both ways because, like you said, Callum doesn't get that much attention all the time. And But Asher still, Callum does two naps a day. Asher doesn't. So Asher gets his his time with us if we're home on, uh, in the mornings. And Asher, Callum used to wake up a lot earlier than Asher. And so Callum used to get his morning time without Asher too. And so they both used to... Not so much anymore, but I mean, it is hard, and and you you kind of just get used to it, and and they don't know any difference. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not like Gallum probably wishes he had more attention from us versus Asher. He'd rather have attention from Asher. Yeah. So. So the next one is pure exhaustion. Uh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like we talk about this every podcast, so we don't need to talk about it. But the first first year was rough for sure. Calum had his. Did we say this? Calum had his first birthday. We haven't talked about updates. February fifth. So Calum's one year old, and we we've been doing this for a year, and and I honestly am starting to feel like. We can start trying something new. We've talked about this before, that we're uh, not trying something new, like we're going to change something crazy, but literally just trying anything, like not just trying to tread water. So yeah, I feel like it's getting a little bit easier. Callum last week slept in, or not slept in, he slept through the night multiple nights last week. He didn't last night or the night before that, but last week multiple nights he slept through the night. So that's a big deal, y'all. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, the exhaustion's real. It is real, for sure. Um, the next one is, I know we talked about that one a lot, is leaving the house. Oh, my gosh. It takes us 40 minutes to leave the house, guys. Literally, like, there is no, oh, well, let's quickly do this so we can run out and, and go to Target. I mean, if we're going to leave the house, it is, I don't know, it's its hard to explain, like, but you just, it's almost like be, being an introvert, right? And if you've ever been an introvert and you, you have a social gathering, right? And you're like, I know I'm going to have fun, but it sounds like the worst thing mm-hmm. in the world right now. I'd much rather be at home. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's kind of like that where you're like, we could go out to lunch or we could go to Target or we could go to that nice new park across town or anything really, you know, but 
it's going to involve getting they have to get ready. They have to make sure the kids are happy and fed. They're going to crap their pants right before we leave. We have to get all their clothes on and everything. We have to find all their clothes. We have to find socks and hats and everything. And then we have to pack their bag, which needs diapers, a bottle, snacks, a changing pad, extra clothes or whatever we're bringing yeah. And so I have an or- a horrible attention span. So any of these one tasks takes me three times <laughs> to do. Like just getting, it's ridiculous. If you watch me in the morning getting ready, I walk through a room and I see something else that I should have been doing or that needs to be done. And I stop and I do that and then I continue on my task and it takes forever. So leaving the house is, is very difficult and I don't. I mean, I don't, is it gonna get easier? When I don't it, know. when when Callum was a newborn, it was worse. Yeah. Because you like kind of have to test it out and see if he's hungry and. Well, now they play with each other, which is is kind of they're starting way to, better. I so mean, we can like be kind, not getting ready, but get the bag ready and stuff and while they're the playing in the playroom or or watching Bluey or something like that. Like, yeah. And so at this point, it is way easier. Ever since Callum can walk or is in the mobile stage, it's gotten easier. Yeah. And stopped putting every single thing he's found in this world in his mouth. He still puts a lot of things in his mouth, but he's been eating for a while. So you're not like, if he puts something tiny in his mouth, you're not worried about him choking on it. Kids are going to eat dirt, okay? It's just reality. Yeah. Let it happen. <laughs> let it happen. So. Don't let them eat rocks. Let them eat dirt. <laughs> it's fine. The last one about like the hard part says, um, let me see if it says you're always or you. Let me see. Um, it says you're mad at dad. Um, I think it's insinuating that parents Mom? fight a lot more or you find reasons to get mad at each other i'm sure this would say you're mad at mom if if it was meant for mom or meant for dads i think in relationships when you have a lot of responsibility it's really easy to compare what you're doing compared to what your spouse is doing so you measure how much you're doing compared to your spouse and do they get more time off than me or quote unquote or more me time or do they feed the kids as often or change as many diapers or whatever and cole does a great job he changes diapers and he feeds kids and and everything but yes i still do that yeah me too so like i said i find it more easy to like quick more quick to anger with each other frustration yeah, Whatever it's just it a lot easier to, honestly, and this is kind of crazy, but the nights that Cole's gone, or I know Cole's going go, going to be gone, my nights seem easier because I just plan on doing everything. Like, I'm, I don't procrastinate. I don't sit down. I just do it all, and I'm on my feet all night doing stuff, making bottles, making dinner, getting, but I am way more proactive 
That's the word I was looking for earlier in case you're <laughs> I'm way more proactive in uh, in what needs to be done instead of hoping that Cole does it or thinking that Cole is going to do it or thinking there's two of us. I guess when it's me by myself, I just plan on being behind. So I feel like I need to keep doing things in order to keep from getting behind in order to have things done by eight o'clock or by the time the kids are hungry. Um, instead of just sitting around and, and thinking, oh, there's two of us. So if one of us makes dinner, then we have, there's two of us to make dinner. It's plenty of time, which puts us usually behind thinking that we have plenty of time. Mm-hmm. Right. And I honestly think some of that might, it's, it's my own issues too. Like it's not that you do things or whatever. It's, it's just, I'm, I don't know, more irritable or I'm more quick to like irritability. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if that, and so it's like, could be anything, you know? Mm-hmm. So like the other night I got like super pissed in the middle of the night. Cause in like the middle of the night. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Golly. I like woke up cause Callum's screaming, you know? And so I go, I get up and I'm like, Oh, I'm probably like drunk with tiredness. Like, you know, the kind of tired where you're like, and this happens often that like where you get up to fill the bottle, whatever. And I'm kind of like bouncing off my mattress, bouncing off the thing. Like I'm ew, my hand just caught myself on the dresser. Like I'm wobbly tired. And that's a lot, you know, whenever I get up. So I walk in there wobbly, tired columns again. Like I'm thinking to myself, God, if you keep screaming, you're going to wake Asher up, man. And and then I'm like, so I go to him and usually his passy is just sitting there, right? And so like I kind of roll him. I can't find his passy. Look in the corner. can't find his passy. Look in this. Can't find his passy. Look in the stuffed animal. Can't find the passy. Look in the dirty clothes. Can't find the passy. Look under the bed. Can't find the passy. And if I have to bend down and look over the bed, I'm mad. Because that, that's extra effort. Oh, my gosh. But not usually mad. But, like, I'm like, uh, like, you know, one of those. But this night, I was extra, like, just, like, that irritability was, like, set off, you know. Because, like, in my mind, I'm like, you're going to wake up Asher. And and he's going to be up. And I'm going to have to do more with him. And I'm tired. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And then, so I walked into Leah's room in our room and like like in anger like grabbed her phone off the thing and turned on the flashlight he said something i don't remember what he said i was also obvious he was angry i usually also was probably mad at me for being in bed (laughs) so i got up and got went and got callum comforted callum because callum was just screaming i well cole's raving about the house (laughs) what oh raving about the around the house yeah um you're raving about that's like a british (laughs) no one says that (laughs) um and so but yeah i also you i i usually always grab my phone off the my my uh, counter whatever it is my nightstand when i go in there but whatever reason it was i didn't grab it this time so I think that also set me off, like, of course, you know, kind of like. So anyways, I'm just more quick to anger. 
and quit the irritability. And so that's a long story about um, that. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just realized I've been 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just quickly read through um, these three items and so we can get into like the updates and stuff here um, in the last few things. But um, this talks, the last part talks about the plus side of having two under two. So the number one says they may be extra close. Siblings who are closer in age often have more in common, which can bring them together from the very start. So still to be determined. Still to be determined, but we are seeing them like, you know, they neither of them talk, obviously, yeah. So they they both are kind of like smile and they laugh with each other and they do a lot of things. And so I think we're we're starting to kind of see some of that. So hopefully they they are close. Um, then the next thing says the tough stuff is over faster. So, you I know, I don't understand that statement. Yeah, I don't, I don't really either. Um, it says it can be a relief to get the challenging baby and toddler years done all in one fell swoop. Oh, I see. So, yeah, which was kind of the idea. But then if we have a third, then we might be back right to it. But again, maybe we just have one, but I don't know. We'll see if we even have any. Um, maybe we'll adopt a 15 year old. Maybe we'll adopt an older child. Yeah, I don't know. He just so happens to be very talented in football. And um, also maybe they're really skilled in taking care of younger kids. Um, And then the last one, which was kind of interesting, says the children share a schedule. So having kids closely spaced often offers logistical benefits. They are close in age. They can probably take the same music classes, go to the same story times. They'll even go to the same school at some point. So that is very true. Even right now, like, you know, they're both in daycare. You take them the same daycare, like, so they do all the same things it's that was definitely a goal when we decided to have young kids we wanted to our kids close together is that they would be interested in the same things at the same time like if they're interested in dinosaurs if we went to a dinosaur thing they'd both think it was really cool if we went to a a jumpy park then they'd both think it was really cool it's not like you're taking the baby to the jumpy park and the the older one to play basketball with his friends like when the one wants to go play basketball with his friends they'll probably be able to go together Mm -hmm. which was a big reason why we wanted to have kids close together and they're both boys so we'll see they may or may not be into the same things but they'll at least be at the same maturity to be able to yeah (laughs) so so we'll see um yeah I, I think, all right, that's all, anyways, that's enough on that, um, (laughs) let's move to just general updates and stuff. So, we last spoke January 2nd, Mm -hmm. on January 12th. What happened? January 12th. Oh, our anniversary. We had our anniversary. It was a magical day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we we did. We we didn't do anything on the day. I don't think. We had steak at home, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, and then we uh, went out. That? We went out that to eat nice. together for our anniversary, and we went out to breakfast afterwards. To a uh, oh, on the day of, we did have breakfast. Yeah, we went 
we dropped the kids off at daycare and then we went into work late and had breakfast. So breakfast dates are quickly becoming one of my favorite dates, which I don't know if Leah likes that or not. You know, I'm not convinced if he likes the date part or getting to go to the pancake house. <laughs> you know, now that you say that, I, I actually feel kind of convicted. <laughs> yeah, I literally think that he just wants to go to the pancake yeah. house. And he's using me as an excuse <laughs> To tell work, well, you know, it's hard with the kids to find time together. We better go Okay, to it's okay to be excited about the thing you're doing for a date. In oh. fact, it's more, it's okay to be more excited <laughs> about the thing you're doing than the person you're doing it with. Right. <laughs> it sounds like you might that? be going to breakfast by yourself next time. <laughs> no, because that makes me sad. I kind of like the idea of going with you, so... Well, I'm glad to hear it. It's like a 70-30. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> we, uh, we went to, we went downtown Loveland. Our friends, Crystal and Greg, watched the boys. We went downtown Loveland and went to dinner and then went and got a beer afterwards and then came home. For our anniversary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was freezing outside. Really cold. I remember that. Yeah. And then, as it is in January, as it was on our wedding. Um, and then yeah. after that, we all got sick, got a cold. I got a cold. I got a bad cold. I remember that. I don't remember getting a cold, to be honest. I got a cold. My sinuses were so bad. Yeah. And then after that, we all got the stomach flu. Well, no, then it was Callum's birthday. Oh, then it was the... Yes, you're right. Callum's birthday, February 5th. Little Callum turned one. He's so cute. He has cake. Guys, and he's he ate so it too. cute. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we had a family over and a couple friends and and uh, then had lunch the next day for his birthday again with friends. And it was fun. Yeah, it was. So we had a good time. Yeah. Um, I think Callum had a good time, but who knows? He didn't say much about it. Yeah, true. But um, we celebrated, which is the thing you do. Yeah, as you do when you survive a year with a He got infant. a – we got him some toys, you know, and then we got him a wagon. Yeah, he likes the wagon. He, he, him and Asher like to go around the block at the wagon, so. Yeah. It's honestly a lot smoother ride than our stroller. In it case is, you guys are having trouble with your stroller, invest in a wagon with like the fat wheels. The. But the, Leah, I don't know if you've experienced this yet, but I will say you need to be careful because if you ever let that wagon kind of get some speed and you're walking in front of it, it is a little like you. There's a moment of like, oh shoot, you know. I don't understand. It kind of gets going and like because you crank that thing if you like. Try to slow it. Like you have to push back against it, but sometimes if you push back, you'll move the wheel to the left, and if it's moving forward, you might like kink it. Yeah, kink it, and it can like it can take a too tight of turn and fall or whatever. So, anyways, you just got to be kind of careful with the wagon. Mm. Um, and then we all got sick. Very, very sick. Very sick. We got uh, Cal's birthday was on a Saturday. And then that Monday, woke up at about uh, 5.30 in the morning with Callum. And he was crying in his, in his crib. 
And I went in there and I picked him up and he threw up all over me. And then I thought it was just the bottle that he had had. I thought he had gotten himself too worked up and had thrown up his bottle, which isn't normal or anything, but it's happened before. And so I thought he was just worked up and needed to calm down. So I got him calmed down, cleaned up a little bit. It was 5.30. I needed to take a shower that morning, so I needed to be up at 6 anyway. So I just got in the shower. Cole went to bed with Callum, or Callum went to bed with Cole, more like. <laughs> and uh, I got in the shower. I took a shower. I got my hair dried and my makeup put on and everything. I was feeling really good about that day because <laughs> I was ready so early. Mm-hmm. And then I gave Callum his bottle when I – because he didn't finish his bottle. And again, I didn't think he was actually sick. And then he finished his bottle and sat up and threw it up all over my bed. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, he's actually sick. And so I told Cole, I'm staying home with the boy, with Callum. You can take Asher to school. So we get Asher up. He's acting fine, not fussy at all. Tired. But he's completely fine. Put his shoes on him. He said, or have all of his clothes on. The bag's completely ready to go. Put him, sit him on the little thing by the door and to put his shoes on, and he throws up all down his front. So both boys are sick, and they continue to be very sick for until 1 o'clock in the afternoon, about when Cole got home, because when Cole got home, they threw up like once. And I had to change my shirt five times. So... (laughs) Yeah. And that's not every time that they throw up. Like, that's completely separate. All the towels were dirty because I put started putting towels on them because I can't. Yeah, I got home and they didn't have clothes on. They just had towels wrapped around them, yeah. I think. Yeah. It was bad, y'all. And that was the first time either really of them bad. have thrown up. It was the first time our families had the stomach flu since. Well, not we, even just that. Like, the first time Ash was thrown up. Yeah. Not like spit up again, but like thrown up. Yeah. It was horrible. It was really sad. And then they continued to be kind of sick for a couple of days after that as well. They didn't throw up a bunch. They threw up a few times after Cole got home from work at one o'clock, but Cole came home early. Um, but after that, they did a lot better, but their stomachs were still pretty sour. You couldn't get them to eat much. Asher didn't eat much for a long, for a few days. And then I got sick. And then Cole got sick on the Wednesday. And I got I well, like home early from Wednesday morning. From work. Again, I uh, took the boys to daycare because they hadn't thrown up in, in more than 24 hours. So I took the boys to school so I could work at home. But I didn't go because I wasn't feeling great. I think I got some sort of – it wasn't exactly it, but I think I got – maybe a variant or something like that because I did not feel good for a couple of days like my I was nauseous I didn't eat much for a couple of days but Cole was got what the boys did like threw up for five or six hours and then and then just was miserable for a couple of days yeah yeah it was pretty bad and then our friends bad. got it later Jeremiah and then our friends got, like, got a week it later. like a week later yeah it was going around people at my work got it People at schools are getting it. It's definitely going around, so stay safe out there. Um, But we haven't been sick since. It's like a running joke now at my work that Leah gets sick and her family and germ factories for kids. 
They're like, we've all gone through it. When your kids are little, they're just little germ factories. <laughs> Which is funny because they don't see other kids at daycare. No, know? they don't. And I don't press that to them, but I'm like, they don't get other germs that often. Unless they just go out in public and they just like absorb the sickness off the handrail or something. Yeah. Um. All right. I think that's about it. We paid off my truck. We had a little, little loan on the truck, so we got taxes, and that was nice. Having kids is worth it for taxes, by the way. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no. But um, we paid off our, our truck, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else kind of cool that's going on? No. All right. Honestly, right now we're pretty excited because there's not a lot going on. We started going to church. Asher is really excited about going to their uh, his little Sunday school every week. Uh-huh. He gets excited when he, when we get there, which is really exciting for us. Um, and then we went out to lunch with friends on Sunday and brought the boys. So yeah, I know it's really silly, but we don't ever go out. The boys just don't. They're not old enough to enjoy it. It's really difficult to get a one-year-old and a two-year-old to sit for 45 minutes when neither of them are interested in coloring so we don't go out but we went out to lunch and they they did great but i mean we do take asher outside to play while we're waiting on food so that helps a lot but still it was very enjoyable yeah and it was uh like an average of 16 degrees last week, and this week it's supposed to be an average of like 55 degrees. So we're happy people this week. We are. So anyways, that's uh, where we're at. I think just a little timestamp: Russia invaded Ukraine, so we're in that area. So that absorbs all of Cole's life right now. All of my life, yeah. He's very... I am very... Watches all the videos... Everything he can find. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going on right now in the world. It's very sad. Um. So yeah, that kind of dates this podcast, but Russia invaded Ukraine. Nothing else. No other. Uh, everybody is semi-involved, but no one else has joined the fight. Say. Just to date this in case we were listening back. Yeah, I guess that's true. In case we're like, oh, that was the start of World War Three. Okay. We can look back on this and be like, oh, that was when Ukraine was just fighting alone. They didn't have, that was before the French joined in. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, on that happy note. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye. Later. <laughs>